Yeah, it's the 135th QuackCast. But before you listen, why don't you take an opportunity to go over to the Society for Science-Based Medicine, sfsbm.org, and check out our organization and its goals. You may or may not be pleasantly surprised. This one is called, I Visited a Chickasaw Healer and All I Got Was an Elk Sinew and Buffalo Horn Bracelet. So tell me, which headline is real? I visited an alchemist. As American alternative chemistry grows in popularity, I decided to experience an even older style of non-traditional transmutation of metals. I visited an astrologer. As an American alternative astronomy grows in popularity, I decided to experience an even older style of non-traditional stargazing. I visited a bloodletter. As American alternative medicine grows in popularity, I decided to experience an even older style of non-traditional treatment. I visited a Chickasaw healer. As American alternative medicine grows in popularity, I decided to experience an even older style of non-traditional treatment. Did you find it difficult? They are similar in that alchemy, astrology, bloodletting, and Chickasaw healing are not based on reality. Bloodletting, as best I can determine, is not offered in the United States, at least based upon the notion of an imbalance of four humors. I have no doubt that a listener will find a practitioner of bloodletting, that practitioner likely has hepatitis B and C, somewhere in the United States, probably in Sunnydale, California. It was actually the final option. It was from the Atlantic. Given their medical reporting in the past, I would not be surprised if any of the headlines originated in the Atlantic Monthly. This gets to an issue I have with all media. There are two things about which I have expertise. Infectious diseases and scams. So often the media get both wrong. Probably I notice more often when they get it wrong in areas of my expertise. But if they get it so wrong in areas about which I know something, how can I trust the veracity of reporting in areas where I do not have special knowledge? Still, The Atlantic is perhaps unique among major periodicals in how often they offer up blogging material for me. After setting the stage in the treatment room, the author, well, embarrasses himself. Watch in amazement as a single paragraph contains perhaps a world's record amount of fertilizer by a writer who evidently isn't particularly interested in, well, let's just say, completeness. Quote, Alternative medicine has reached an all-time high among ailing Americans. And it's not just hippies on podunk ashrams. The government, too, has taken note. U.S. taxpayers have devoted $1.5 billion to the National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine, at the NIH, a center that researches techniques like acupuncture, yoga, and tai chi. The University of Maryland Center of Integrative Medicine has received $25 million from the NIH for research that offers a treatment in which a healer floats his hand over a patient's body as my medicine man did. End of quote. So let's go through them one at a time. Alternative medicine has reached an all-time high among ailing Americans. Actually, I believe that most people that use alternative medicine are the worried well. This is not referenced, of course, but the only way alternative medicine gets to an all-time high is by defining interventions like diet, 
and exercise as alternative. From 2002 through 2007, according to the NCCAM, CAM use went from 36% to 38%. Whoa, big increase. But what CAM was being used? When you look at the breakdown of the 10 most used therapy, it is mostly supplements and exercise. Therapies divorced from reality like energy therapies used by the medicine man and acupuncture are not on the list. The only wackaloon therapy that is totally divorced from reality, that being homeopathy, weighs in at 1.8%. Most of the popularity in CAM is due to broad definitions as to what constitutes alternative. Such as, oh I don't know, yoga and tai chi. How'd those get there? But as been pointed out, CAM is a brand, not a definition. Quote, U.S. taxpayers have devoted $1.5 billion to the NCCAM, a center that researches techniques like acupuncture, yoga, and tai chi. Note that $1.5 billion is money wasted. Not a single effective intervention has been found by the NCCAM. Quote, Melzarek, I hope I pronounced your name right, and Engler examined the grants and awards funded by NCCAM from 2000 to 2011, which cost a total of $1.3 billion. Their study showed no discoveries in complementary and alternative medicine that would justify the existence of this center. They argued that after 20 years and an expenditure of $2 billion, the failure of the NCCAM is evidenced by the lack of publications and the failure to report clinical trials in peer-reviewed scientific medical journals. They recommend NCCAM be defunded or abolished, and the concepts of funding alternative medicine be discontinued. End of quote. There was a link on The Atlantic to another article, America's Shame, Our Ketchup Packets. The Atlantic got it wrong again. It's not ketchup packets. It's the NCCAM that is America's shame. And note again that yoga and tai chi forms of exercise are somehow magically transformed into complementary and alternative medicine. Huh. Who would have suspected? Quote, The University of Maryland Center of Integrative Medicine received $25 million from the NIH for research and offers a treatment in which a healer floats his hand over a patient's body, as my medicine man did. That NIH grant may rank amongst the most appalling I have ever seen. They are going to use Reiki and acupuncture, placebos, with no plausible mechanism of action on shock trauma patients to help with pain management. I cover infectious disease patients at our local Level 1 Trauma Center. I have seen firsthand how guns and cars and falls can shred a human being. To use these worthless therapies on patients is horrible. I have to wonder if the University of Maryland uses the same IRB as the Brzezinski Clinic. And as I think about it, the grant announcement was from 2007. Shouldn't there be results by now? Or is that another $25 million flushed down the toilet? The healer floats hands over a patient's body is weird because it links to an About Us page for a therapeutic touch clinic in Edmond, Oklahoma. Weird. 
Maybe the author liked the graphic, or maybe the Atlantic web page editor is as facile with links as I am with spelling. That being said, there is no human energy fields. If we can pick up the Voyager spacecraft, broadcasting with the power of a refrigerator light bulb, a mere 23 watts, from over 10 billion miles from Earth, I think we should be able to detect an energy field if humans made it. But, you know, pseudo-medicine proponents do not use the term energy in a way that is defined or associated with physics. No, no. As Dr. Malzarek has pointed out at the Society for Science-Based Medicine, sfsbm.org, a nice site, you should check it out, quote, The fields generated by physical processes associated with human physiology are on the order of 0.004 milligauss. There is no evidence that these fields can be manipulated or tuned to affect human biochemistry for healing purposes. Furthermore, there is no evidence to support the claim that certain individuals can emit fields large enough for healing purposes. Well, Magneto can. The postulate of an unsubstantiated biomagnetic medically healing energy field of 2 milligauss, which can only be generated by certain practitioners, therapeutic touch, reiki, Kidong practitioners, fails all tests of science. This misconception that an unsubstantiated biomagnetic interfield which eludes all science based on investigation but nevertheless transmits energies large enough to create healing flies in the face of all scientific reasoning and the laws of physics. Don't forget, Dr. Milzerak is a physicist. End of quote. Then the Atlantic asked, but is this all pure snake oil? Well, if the author had a bit of understanding of reality, he could have saved himself some time and money. The answer is yes, it is all pure snake oil. Quote, I wanted to find out if there's some truth to a therapy that doesn't rely on traditional biologic mechanisms. Traditional biologic mechanisms? You mean fantasy-based mechanisms, since there are no human energy fields? What then occurs, as described in the article, is a healing ritual. And healing rituals are important, and they do have effects. They do not alter any important physiologic parameters, but they do make you feel better. The best example that I keep going back to is the New England Journal of Medicine asthma placebo study, where placebo interactions with the medical-industrial complex improved subjective, but not objective, aspects of asthma. As I've said before, all alternative medicine is beer goggles. It makes what's going on appear better when it actually isn't. Then the author relaxed while, quote, lying on a massage table draped in Native American quilts, end of quote, while being massaged. It is a form of social grooming, with a side of mysticism. Monkeys do it, although they do not get charged 50 bucks. Quote, primates provide perhaps the best example of this activity. Primatologists have called grooming the social cement of the primate world. The trust and bonding it builds is critical to group cooperation. Among primates, social grooming plays an important role in establishing and maintaining alliances and dominance hierarchies for building coalitions and for reconciliation after conflicts. Primates groom socially in moments of boredom as well, 
and the act has been shown to decrease tension and stress. It is often associated with observed periods of relaxed behavior, and primates have been known to fall asleep while receiving grooming, end of quote. So many alternative therapies appear to be a ritual of relaxation combined with touch, tarted up with spiritual or pseudoscientific nonsense. In the case of the Chickasaw healer, it was energy from an eagle, from above, with opportunity for perspective, or a bear, on my level, with greater confrontation. And the author recognizes, quote, there is a certain mind-cleansing element to abandoning yourself to the motions of this ritual, end of quote. Well, duh. If I spend an hour relaxing on a table, being massaged with a hypnotic noise in the background, I would probably feel pretty good at the end of it. A more likely outcome for the Atlantic author, who admittedly, quote, comes from a nervous people and suffers from bouts of chronic hypochondria. I have wondered if these healing rituals tend to have more effects on the fantasy-prone or suggestible person. It would be fascinating to do a study on the effects of a Chickasaw healer on a selection from, say, the audience of a TAM meeting and compare it to the Atlantic contributors. I would suspect that the latter would have a more profound response. The author, in his reaction to the experience, does seem a wee bit on the suggestible side. Quote, the shaman lightly touched my feet, hitting pressure points such that I felt his touch in the grooves of my cranium. I felt extreme shivers, and then, when he palmed my shoulder blades, flowing warmth. I stepped on the buffalo hide rug he had on the floor and was told to absorb the energy up through my feet and into my body. I crouched and strained. It was basically like taking a reverse dump. End of quote. I can see why the author is a hypochondriac. He appears excellent at paying attention to every bodily twinge. And it is not surprising that after a healing ritual, quote, wouldn't you know, that night I had one of the best sleeps of my life, my ear opened up, and I felt a remarkable physical and mental equilibrium, end of quote. Another Atlantic article, sloppy, incomplete reporting, about a mundane experience as if it were rooted in a mystical, non-traditional biologic mechanism. It makes me wonder if I can trust the rest of their magazine. But I'll tell you, now I'm incensed about ketchup packets. So I guess I too am better for the experience. And that ends the 135th QuackCast. If you're bored, head over to the Society for Science-Based Medicine and check out our website. Bye.